Hey, welcome back to Crimes and Closets. This is Christy in my closet in St. Louis. And this is Beth in my closet in North Carolina. What's up, Beth? It's so good to see you. It's good to see you too. And I, I started um, to say it earlier, but then we started talking about other things. Are you, were you just looking up at the recording time at the top? Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm like, the, our, our platform has changed. It has t- taken a new look. What's actually, that's what I called this uh, session, new look. Um, <laughs> and so it's throwing us off that our recording, the time is not where I just pushed record. <laughs> well, it threw me off for a second. Yeah. I'm like, how do we know how long it is? <laughs> I don't know. How do we know? Oh, that's a behind the scenes things that I don't need to worry about. You don't see it, the recording No, time I see it, but I don't oh, okay. I have to worry about the recording times when we end the session. You're the one who has to like oh. write them down and oh, yeah, <laughs> so yeah, that yeah. you can know how to input them in. That's a that's <laughs> behind the scenes things that oh, yeah, yeah. Beth does right. not do. Mm mm. It's easy. It's so easy. You have it's to easy let stuff. me know. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, good so. to see you. Good to see yes, the new see. look here on the recording yeah. platform. Yeah. The, I mean, yeah, Squadcast did a lot while we were gone. Yeah, apparently, which we missed you guys. We're we just did. talking we about did. that. We missed each other. We missed you guys. But we had a great vacations. Yes. And I, but I do hate that we're going to like have another week where we don't have an episode. I know. <laughs> now I yeah. feel like, oh, well we should. We can throw one in there, but really, we planned this. <laughs> the point was We've to got take a, a break. Take your yes, break. So. But yeah, it was nice. So, uh, so well, tell tell us about your trip. My trip. Okay. My gosh. My guys. My guys. So we went to the first. We went to my husband's hometown, super teeny town on the river. It's fantastic. We spent four days there. It was great. We ate crabs. We played on the river. The kids had all their little friends there. And then Monday we went to the beach, and my husband and my youngest got the COVID. The dirty Rona. (laughs) And so we had to quarantine them. And thank goodness this house was big. And they had an entire apartment downstairs. Truly, like, its own bedroom, bathroom, living room, and, like, a small kitchen and its own entrance. That's perfect. So perfect. And so Mm -hmm. we got to put them down there, and we just would take them food, and, like, we would sit – on the porch on one porch and they would sit on another porch and we could Mm -hmm. talk to them and they did come out on the beach once they felt well enough to come out on the beach they did they just sat under their own tent Mm -hmm. (laughs) we followed things i mean it was not a bad gig like it's not a bad place to have to quarantine at the beach but yeah just made the vacation very different because we were with other families too so Mm -hmm. we didn't want to get anybody else sick one other person did test positive no, two other people, I think, but mm-hmm. they were a- asymptomatic still. So, the, so they were just testing had, just to like make sure. Yes, because she was going to see her her parents mm-hmm. after we left the beach, and so she didn't want to like bring it to right. her parents. So she's like, "We all just need to globally test." I think she ended up going anyway, though, <laughs> and just like. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not really sure. I'm pretty sure she did. But anyway, it ended up being fine. Everyone was fine. Thank goodness, mild cases. And Mm -hmm. so could still enjoy somewhat the vacation and the beach. Just didn't get to do like dinners together or play games. That was kind of sad. Oh, yeah. Especially for my little one. He was like, I want to play trouble. But, you know. It's fine. We're fine now. We're home. We're so glad to be home. We're going camping. (laughs) 
Yes. Y'all got to pray for me. You're leaving again. (laughs) Just for a night. We are going tubing down the river and then camping. And then we're camping once we get to the end. Like tent camping. Yeah. But that's fun. I mean, I think it's going to be fun. It'll be fun. I do. Yeah. It's going to be fun. It's going to be horribly fine. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's just the woods. I'm like, we're putting all the kids. There's seven kids going. And we're putting all the kids in one tent. One big tent. Some somebody mm-hmm. has a tent that holds like eight people, and so we're like, oh, we'll just put all the kids in there, and then all the grownups can have their own tent, like couples. And so I'm like, we have to make all the tents doors facing each other. And I'm yeah. like, why? I'm like, so no one gets us through the children. <laughs> like, doesn't that freak you out? And they're like, no, you're crazy. I'm like, stay out of the woods. <laughs> <laughs> Take advice from our friends. This is not something we should be doing. Yeah. It's going to be fine. Well, well, yes. Good luck to you. Thanks. Call me. Call me in the you morning. You got to do a proof of life text. I will. Next I will. Morning. Make sure we all please, survived. Please buy a, a newspaper with the correct date so that I know that it's <laughs> just oh a gosh, picture taken. creepy. <laughs> yeah. That reminds me of Israel Keys. Remember when he yeah. did that? And like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, no. Wow, I feel better. Thanks. You're welcome. (laughs) I mean, we just got finished camping and we're okay. So, I mean, not camping like that, but we were still like. That's like glamping. It is not glamping. Oh. It's not glamping. What we did. Did you have a shower? Well, yeah. High class. Okay. (laughs) It's like. Don't have that. this, This is like if you were to go away to sleepaway camp and there's bunk houses and there's. Right. Um. Bunk beds, you know, like the metal framed bunk beds where you move them and they're like screech. And then there's all these wooden <laughs> lockers for you to keep your stuff in. That's huh. what this is. So then there's love a bathroom though. with one ba- one toilet and one shower on one side and one toilet and one shower on the other side. And so we're sharing this giant bunk house with – there was one other family. So it was our family of five and another family of five. And there's four of those. And then there's the staff house, which is where the technically the camp counselors would stay if this was sleepaway camp. Mm-hmm. But that's where the older people in our group would stay because they had bedrooms and whatever and like a little kitchen. And then there's the lodge. And that's where you do like all of like the group activities. So we had tables in there. We ate all of our meals in there. Well, breakfast and dinner. Um, and we take turns cooking those meals like we get on a schedule, somebody schedules us to cook breakfast one morning and or dinner the next, and then we have a recipe and we all gather and cook it and then eat it anyway. Yes. And then play all these and games. We play cornhole. We yeah, family it's, reunion, right? That's what you guys yes. do. Yeah, it's my okay. husband's mother's family. She's one of eleven, so there's twenty two, I believe, first cousins. Oh my gosh, Emery being one of them, and then. They're all practically married with kids now. So there was like, I don't know how many there were this year, but I would venture to say somewhere 60. But we've I was gonna been ask. up to like 70 something, I think, one time. So, so that's fun. Yeah, it is. It's so fun. The kids love it. There's no TVs. There's yeah. barely any service. Like some people had great service. I had crappy service the entire time. So I could barely send texts half the time. So like you just can't, like you're just literally running around getting dirty who cares if you shower who cares if you've brushed your teeth like yeah <laughs> <it's> like <laughs> did you kayak whatever. 
I didn't. And I'm oh. mad because there's plenty of them there. I thought about that the last day. I was like, dang, I didn't get out in the kayak. But some, a couple people did. I didn't even get in the lake because it just wasn't hot enough for me. Like, I wasn't sweating. It was perfect right. weather. So it's just awesome. Fun times. So fun. So I think we should get anyway. a big group of people and do it like as friends. Maybe not that, that far away. That would be away. awesome. Yeah. yeah. There's got to I mean, be something like that. Me, but that's far for everybody else, but. I think we have one of those sleepaway camp type things here. Watch, probably be like $50,000 to rent it or something. (laughs) Which is insane with this because I can't remember what she told me what what she said it was. It's insane. But it's like a few hundred dollars for a family. I mean, all of our food is paid for because his, um, my husband's grandparents started all this and they left a fund and it's like basically being invested and so every year all the food is covered by that fund that is amazing put money in yet for that eventually i'm sure that'll have to happen but yeah we we basically we pay for the lodging and that's what everyone pays for and that's it what a cool legacy his grandparents like started or left that is neat i'm so here for that cute well you win you win vacation (laughs) (laughs) just wait though i got camping coming (laughs) can't wait to hear about that one yeah (laughs) So All right. anyway, I, you guys are probably ready for a crime. This was a long intro. Sorry. I'm but you missed us, so it was okay. Yeah, We missed our stories. We missed you. <laughs> All right. Well, but I got, I got a good one for you coming I'm up. I'm here for it. All right. Here we go. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Hey guys, just as a reminder, we are not dropping an episode on July 18th next Monday because this is part of our vacation plan for the summer to spend a little time with our family. So we will be back with you on July 25th and be dropping episodes every Monday after that as usual. So thanks for your understanding and thanks for listening. We are coming to you live. Well, maybe not live. <laughs> from Boynton well, I thought Beach. That was so funny. <laughs> I don't know why I thought to say it. <laughs> um, we're coming to you from Boynton Beach, Florida this week. Oh, you hailed from there at one point? I did. I lived there for two whole years. Uh, from 2011, nope, that's a lie. Thir- 13 to 15. So, right before I came- you came here. Yes, because then I came to you 15 to 17. Okay. <laughs> um, so Boynton Beach is in Palm Beach County, which I'll, I mean, most people have heard of Palm Beach County. It's like, you know, West Palm Beach, that area where Trump has his like place, mm. I don't know, whatever. But it's kind of known to be a little bit ritzy. But like, I would say, I mean, the, oh, the whole like kind of side from that down to like Miami, it's like ritzier anyways. Mm. But Boynton Beach is kind of, Less, I feel like. It's a little bit more like, um, I don't know, whatever class you would call it. But anyways. It's Lower key. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. So this, needless to say, was a fun case for me because I was like, 
uh, I know these places. I recognize the place. Like the things are like when I see the videos online, I'm like, oh my gosh, I know that gas station. I know that apartment complex. I know that like because everything was like within three and a half miles of where we lived. So I was like, oh man. And what? Did you know this case? I did know the case. I did remember seeing it on the news. We were not living there until two years later because this happened in 2009. Um, but it was it was big. It was okay. big, and you'll you'll probably know it. And it was and why it was big for many reasons. But this was a suggestion from Mez. That I didn't say that yet, have I? No, Mez, um, our Aussie listener. Yes, yes, she sent this in. I don't know how she found it. I mean, except that she's totally into true crime, and you know, I'm sure that she would just come across it. But thank you for sending this because she is an excellent fun. suggester. Uh huh. She did the Catherine Knight one, right? Yeah, yeah. she did, and. Uh, my hairdresser, hairdresser ones. ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think it's funny that, cause, and we've said this before, um, we just alternate. So you send one in, it's like, whoever took the last one, then somebody, then the other takes the next case, right? We just alternate case suggestions, mm-hmm. you know, for right. the most part, that's what happens. And it's funny how I just happen to get this one. <laughs> right. Where I, you know, being that it's like, I have a true connection to where it is. So it's, it was, it's fun, fun, fun. And crazy. And it happened – oh, wait. I wrote four years before we came there. Oh, yeah, because I said 2013. Sorry. See, I keep – in my head, I keep thinking it was 11, but that's not the case. Okay. <laughs> this was 2009. But whatever. This is the case of Dahlia and Mike DiPolito. Okay. Dahlia, okay. Dahlia was born Dahlia Muhammad on October 18th, 1982 in New York. She was one of three children for her parents. Her parents were Egyptian and Peruvian. Oh. So, like, just exotic looking yeah. to me. Like, anyway. When Dahlia was 13, her family moved to Boynton Beach, Florida. Her dad was waiting tables at the Ritz-Carlton, and her mom worked as a manager for an HMO. Dahlia attended Santa Lucia's High School, which was where my kids would have gone if okay. we had stayed there. Because it was like literally we walked out of our community and it was right there on the corner. So I would pass it everywhere that I went because I'd always have to go to that corner to go one way or the other. Um, so when her, when she was 18, her parents got divorced. Dahlia went off to college and at some point got into real estate. After like her, she turned 18, like things kind of got a little bit fuzzy as to what she did during this time. But we do know that she got into real estate. She went to college. Um, and at some point meets a rich architect from California and she gets engaged to him and moves to California. But then around 2006, they break up and she moves back to Boynton Beach. So there's a little bit of a fuzzy few years, but ends up back in Boynton Beach in 2006. Mike DiPolito was born in Philadelphia on December 18th, 1970 to an Italian, very Italian family. Like when you watch interviews of him, you totally can tell 100 percent like i actually was like this has got to be a new york italian like oh. <laughs> he's a philly italian oh <laughs> is that very different i don't know no i don't know i don't know i was just saying like the way he sounded totally could have been from new york but he's not he's a charismatic good-looking guy but he does get himself into some trouble in 1993 at the age of 22 he gets arrested in philadelphia for possession with the intent to deliver drugs he skips his trial and the judge issues a bench warrant for his arrest, which apparently is still active because they never like arrest, re-arrested him. Oh. And 
according to like sources, there's really no, nobody has looked into if anybody's still looking for him. However, my guess is they just don't care anymore because when all this went down, they could have easily found the man <laughs> and brought him back. <laughs> but okay. You know, anyways. So in 1997, he moved to Boca Raton and got a job at a temp agency. He was then arrested there for offering $15 for sex to an undercover police officer. $15? That's all you right? got? That's <laughs> what I was thinking. That's wrong on several levels. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. It's very, very, very true. So he pleads guilty to this and was released. He began a relationship with a woman, coincidentally, from Long Island. She gets pregnant and gives birth to a boy in 1998, but Mike doesn't stick around. He basically is like, done, I moves away. There's like a DNA test done years later to prove that it's actually his. So my guess is that he probably was like, that's not my kid and I don't want anything to do with it. But I don't know that. I'm just – that's an assumption based on, I don't know, perception uh -huh. of this person. Yeah, he doesn't sound stand up. Yeah. So he – comes across as like just a very superficial, macho kind of guy. But at the same time, people describe him as real sweet and nice and like, you know, caring and whatever. But he's he's definitely uh, a dip wad. <laughs> For lack of a better word. Like, it's kind of like his last name too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> So he's just he's just off. He's he's a little off. But anyway, he moves on with another woman and around this time he starts working in a commodities fraud operation. They call people, convince them to invest money in foreign currency and then they steal their money. <gasps> oh my gosh, it's like the emails, the prince of Egypt yeah. wants to send you money or whatever. Essentially, yeah, essentially, yeah. So this company by the time they get like found out and busted in 2002, but he wasn't working there at the time, it had stolen $11.7 million. So like no small. Yeah. He could definitely afford more than $15 now. <laughs> yes, he could. Um, so, but he, anyway, like I said, he had left before that and had started his own company doing the same thing in 2001. So I guess he worked there for a little bit and was just kind of like, well, I think I could do, run my own scheme. So let me set up these two like fake companies and do the same thing. So start cold calling people, convincing them to do the same thing. So, and within 11 months, he ends up stealing $200,000 from his victims. Hmm. That is one gross. Of the, it, right? Right? Would you, wouldn't you just love making $200,000 in 11 months? Uh, but still. Not like that. <laughs> no, not, not just that. No, no, I'm not. I'm just kidding. But one of the victims caught on to what was happening, and he called the U.S. Commodity Future Trading Commission, who apparently was already on Mike's trail. And I don't know for sure, but my guess is, like, because he had a connection to that other company. And so, like, when he left, maybe they just started following him, too, because they had busted that company. Whatever. But anyways, either way, he was arrested in March of 2002 as well. And pled guilty to organizing a scheme to defraud a person, unlicensed, unlicensed telemarketing, and grand theft. Hmm. He was sentenced to two years in prison and 28 years probation and had to pay restitution to his victims. 
28 years of probation. They were like, we are never not going to watch you. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And so the two years, like, I can't remember the exact amount that he ended up um, being in prison, but it was nowhere near two years when all was said and done because he had time served, like, while waiting for a trial and whatever. So anyway, 28 years probation. So the woman that he had started to date when he left his girlfriend that had a baby was, her name was Maria. She sticks by his side throughout all of this. Clearly, as we've already said, he's a sketchy guy, but people feel that he's a nice guy and they like him. One of which is Maria. Mike marries Maria in 2007, and he also starts another new company called Mad Media Inc., which is an online marketing company. And he's using the money that he's making on this to help portion of the money to pay his restitution. Okay. Back to. So he is like, well, seemingly making good on what he did and paying back. Although I will say in one of the articles, the guy said that he was getting checks, but it would be like $10 a month. <laughs> so <laughs> it would take a while to pay him back however much he stole from that guy. My gosh. Anyway. So Maria travels a good amount of times. Uh, I don't know, for work or whatever. But while she's gone, Mike is not the most faithful person. So in October of 2008, while she's on a trip, Mike goes on an escort website and requests an escort to keep him company for the weekend. Oh, my. Here's your $15. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, I'm guessing you have to pay much more than that for an escort for the weekend. I hope so. Crying out loud. So Dahlia is the one who comes. From this escort website. When Maria comes back from her trip, Mike's like, I'm moving out and I want a divorce. She's like, well, okay then. Sweet. So the divorce divorce is final by the end of January of 2009. And five days later, in February of 2009, 38-year-old Mike marries 26-year-old Dahlia at the Palm Beach County Courthouse. And she moves into his Boynton Beach townhouse with, with him that she had just recently sold him because she was a real estate agent at the time. Okay. And he paid cash for that. So it was like completely paid for this place. So she's a realtor. Yeah. But also works for this escort service as like a side thing. Yes. Okay. Yes. It is, it is made quite clear in everything that you read and watch on this, that both of them are, are way into money and the perception of, um, being wealthy and having think nice things and looking pretty and whatnot. So okay, yeah, okay. <clears throat> Excuse me, I'm sorry. COVID on the morning of <laughs> August. Yeah, <laughs> just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Le- leftover COVID. Um, on the morning of August fifth, two thousand nine, six months after they were married, Dahlia was heading out to the gym around five a.m. This was the routine for the pair. Typically, they would go out together. But Mike was not going on this day because he was recovering from liposuction. (laughs) All right. Apparently, he got rid of those love handles that he had. So Dahlia goes alone. Around 6.20, she has a missed call. She doesn't know the number, but it's from the Boynton Beach Police Department telling her to call them back. They leave a message. She does a few minutes later, and the officer said that there had been an incident, and she needed to come home as soon as she could. He wouldn't give her any information on the phone. She's like, is Mike okay? Blah, blah, blah. Like, won't give her any information over the phone. He's like, you just need to come home right now. So Dahlia comes home right away. And the interesting thing about this case is that at the time of the t- of this, the TV show Cops 
was filming the Boynton Beach Police Department. Oh. So everything is like very well documented about this because they were following them at the time. <laughs> that's wild. <laughs> Isn't it? Isn't it? I, I, that's why I'm surprised that at this point you don't know possibly what this case is. But yeah, not maybe, yet. Maybe you'll, you'll recognize it. So everything is captured on camera. She pulls up and there's police tape surrounding the townhomes, police everywhere. Front door to the townhome is wide open with fingerprint dusting like all over. Dahlia approaches a police officer and he asks her if her husband is Mike. She says yes. He tells her, I'm really sorry to have to tell you this, but Mike is was found dead in there in your townhome. He was shot twice in the head in your bedroom. Immediately, she breaks down. She's crying, yelling no. She's basically asking to see him, falling into the arms of the police officer. Like, I mean, she is upset, rightfully so. <clears throat> They bring her into an interrogation room. Well, I don't really know if it's an interrogation room, but they bring her to the um, to the police department into a room, right? Where the police start talking to her. They they do turn on a recording device in the room, <clears throat> so all of this is taped too. And they're asking her questions about Mike. If she knew anybody that would want to kill him, like does he have any enemies? So she starts telling them all about you know, well, his past because they're going to find out anyway. He has he had been arrested how he still owes $191,000 to the victims and how he also used to work for that other company who was busted and maybe they wanted to hurt him for some reason because he was also just kind of around some sketchy people at the time in general. Mm-hmm. Sorted past. Yeah, he's got a sorted past. So yeah, there's probably people out there that would want him dead. Not going to lie. So <clears throat> here's where the case is about to take a turn that you're not expecting. Okay. Of course, if you don't already know what it is. I don't. You might, you might know. So, okay. <laughs> but other people might that are listening. Okay. The police officer talking with Dahlia suddenly changes his tone. He's like, okay, the jig's up. This is over now. We know you plotted to kill Mike. We have you on recordings trying to hire someone to kill your husband. And she's like, I didn't do anything. What are you talking about? I didn't do anything. So here's where we're going to go back a few days now. On July 31st, 2009, a man named Mohammed Shihada, okay, maybe, walks into the Boynton Police Department and says he needs to report a murder for hire. Mohammed had been an acquaintance of Dahlia's for about 15 years. They had met. He had owned some convenience stores in the area. She walked in one day. I guess they met, they started flirting, and soon they become this like on again, off again sexual relationship. So like he doesn't really consider like her a friend. He's just like, I've known her for 15 years. Every now and then we hook up. That's it. But after a few years of doing that, he had met somebody and wanted to marry her. And so he was like, I'm cutting ties with her because I don't want like this can't go on. So he seems like he's a pretty respectable person in okay. that sense. So recently they had connected again and she had mentioned to him about wanting to find someone to kill her husband. She described Mike as the nicest, sweetest nerd, but she can't stand him. Wow. She also tried to tell him. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Just leave him then. Right. Why do you want to kill him? <laughs> like, Leave him. So she also tries to tell Mohammed that he's abusive and controlling, but I, he doesn't even believe that because he says to the cops, like, everyone that I know, like, I don't know him personally, but everyone that I know that knows him 
says that's like the complete opposite. The guy's a nice guy. He's sweet. He's caring, whatever. So she's like, I don't know that I believe that that is the case. Maybe she's just saying that to get me to try and help her kill him. Like there's a reason that he needs to die. Because in the other breath, she's saying he's the nicest, sweetest nerd. But yet he's abusing her. What is wrong with her? her? (laughs) Exactly. What is wrong with her? Going up to somebody and being like, you know, I'm real over him. You want to help me kill him? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that doesn't attract that to you. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's quite quite mm-hmm. the jump. It is. It is. So she wants Muhammad to help her do this. He wants nothing to do with that. So he's like, "You're nuts. She's nuts. That guy has security cameras all over his house. Even if we attempted to do this, we would get caught because they're going to get like catch us on surveillance somewhere." So the police really don't know what to think because and when they, they rep- ask, he reports her. That's great. He's trying. He is trying. But they don't really know what to do with this information because they're like, okay, so what's Dahlia's last name? And he's like, I don't know. This is why he's like, we're not really friends. Like, I just know her, but I don't know her last name. Where she live? I don't know. So he doesn't have – they don't have a last name or an address. So where are they going to go find her? You know, they they have no way of finding her. Right. Except through him. So they convince Muhammad to wear a wire and have cameras put in his car and to meet with Dahlia again and try to get her to, like, basically plan this murder with him again. So the next day, on August 1st, 2009, Mohammed meets up with Dahlia at a mobile gas station parking lot. And this is one of the locations that when I saw it on the cameras, I was like, oh, we don't really know that place. <laughs> you know I love a sting operation, too. Oh, oh gosh. This is the best. This is the best. So all you can really see in the footage is the back of his seat and maybe some of the back of like his shaved head, but you can hear everything real well. She gets in the car and of course there's cops like in cars also in the parking lot because they're taking pictures of her getting out of her car and getting into his and whatever. So she gets in the car and starts talking through what she wants done. He talks to her about how much it's going to cost a lot to do something like this. And she's like, I totally understand and I still want to do it. She's desperate to do it. She says it's not about money because he was like, is it going to be worth it? Like, does he really have that much money since he needs to like pay all this debt back? And she's like, it's not about the money. I just want him gone. Like, I don't want him in my life anymore. So he tells her that he would have to go – she would have to go out of town. You know, clearly when this happened, she's like, I'm not going anywhere because nobody's going to believe I have anything to do with it anyway. It's not – nobody would even think that I could be capable of doing this. Wow. Yeah. And that she would bring the names of other people into it if she needed to, meaning like all the people that he used to work for and whatnot, which is what she did in the interrogation room immediately. So Mohammed tells her he thinks he knows a guy that will do it and he would need some money to get a gun. So she gives him $1,200 as somewhat of a down payment. And she also gives him a picture of Mike and a picture of their townhouse. So that she is serious. Oh, 100%. Two days later, on August 3rd, 2009, Dahlia meets up with the hitman in a CVS parking lot, which I also know where it is and have gone to. This hitman is an undercover Boynton Beach police officer. (laughs) Okay. So his car's all tricked out with video cameras and like microphones and everything. 
This is all video of this meeting, and the officer talks her through it and all of the possible costs. Like, he's like, I'm going to need to buy a new car because I can't drive this one to it. And, like, I'll have to get a new car and then get rid of it. I have to get a burner cell phone. I got to get a gun. Like, it's going to cost a lot. She's like, it's totally fine. He tells her also, once we part ways today, there's no way for you to get back in touch with me to cancel this. Like, it's going to happen once we leave this car today. So you need to be... Sure, this is what you want to do. Dahlia's response, which is like the famous line of this whole case, I'm positive, 5,000% sure, is what she says. Okay. <laughs> She's like, I may look innocent and cute, but I'm tougher than I look. <laughs> what is wrong is with this cute. woman? She's stupid. Literally, she's, she's stupid. Crazy. Oh, you just wait. She gets stupider. And what is all happen? Is it real? Is it not real? I don't know what's happening. So, okay. Well, you'll find out in a minute. But um, I also, by the way, because I keep saying she's stupid, which I'm sorry, but she is. Um, all of the video footage of her in interviews, she has the worst, worst lisp in the world. And it drove me crazy to watch it all. <laughs> I was like cringing. <laughs> Anyway, so I'm sorry. That's a whole speech thing for me. Like, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with having a list, but it just drives me crazy a lot of the time. So anyway. Well, and she's not a likable person anyway. So it's not like you can overlook flaws in her because she sucks. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. That is very true. Okay. So she's like, I need this done this week. And he tells her by Wednesday when she gets home from the gym, she's going to come home to find her husband dead. So they have all of this footage of Dahlia planning her husband's murder. This is like a TV show. A little, yes, totally. <laughs> There's cops. I know, but it's like an episode of yeah, fake no. show. Right, exactly, exactly. So during the interrogation, they bring the undercover cop into the room, but he's in handcuffs. So they're still pretending that he's an actual hitman. And she denies ever. She's like, I've never seen that man before in my life, which in interviews, the cop was like, I thought it was kind of funny that she even said that because we spent 45 minutes in the car. She definitely looked at me. (laughs) But anyway, the final blow that they give to Dahlia is a doozy. Mike is alive. Yes. The whole thing was staged. (laughs) Yep. That's what I was thinking you were going to say. Well, I mean, uh, clearly, if they had all this information and they're like, recording her and they couldn't save him when it's a undercover cop as a hitman clearly he had to be like well and who would have killed him right exactly yeah because everyone was fake right so he's standing outside the interrogation room and she's like exclaiming thank god he's alive blah blah blah, and sees him out the door she's pleading for him to come in she's not side-eyeing it at all (laughs) nothing she's just like oh thank god thank god like no Mm -mm. (laughs) honey and she's like, Mike, come here, come here, please come here. And he's like, uh-uh. I just heard you on tape plotting to kill me. I am not coming in that room. Yeah. Love lost. <laughs> exactly. Bye, girl. And all of this is on tape. Like, there's video of him, like, literally standing outside the room staring at her while she's pleading. And he was like, no, girl. I just heard you on <laughs> camera. like, tape. My gosh. So, okay. So this – what, okay, what, let's stop here one second and just say that this might be the best case we do because the victim is actually not dead. Yeah, <laughs> like, There's a victim, but they're not dead. <laughs> so anyway, 
and it's, but it's still very interesting and very um like relevant to our podcast. So that's why that's crazy. that's why we're still doing it. Bananas. It is. I can't believe you still don't know this. Okay, so the morning Dahlia left to go to the gym, Boynton Beach police knocked on Mike's door and told him that they needed to get him out of the house because his wife had planned to send someone to kill him. So they also catch all of this on camera because cops is there filming. And Mike is clearly visibly sh- shaken by this. Like, he, they say it to him and he kind of, like, takes this, like, oh, step backwards and, like, sits on the, like, stairs. Because, I mean, he can't believe this because he's, like, everything's great. Like, according to him, this was my you know, soulmate and whatever, like everything was great. It's going great. Why is she trying to kill me? Yeah. I would so imagine th- that would be some like news that would unbalance you a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Right. I think even if you were having marital problems for someone to jump to like plotting to kill you, would still be quite a shock to your system. 5,000%. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So they get him dressed and bring him to the station to keep him safe, even though like really there's nobody to keep him safe from and they set up this fake crime scene so why would this beautiful young woman want to have her seemingly sweet husband killed because there was no issues in the marriage like i said that was known of the only thing could be money so mike had still owed so much restitution so you're kind of wondering like well where is all this money then so according to mike dahlia had offered to give since he owed 191,000. 91,000 of her own money if he could come up with 100,000. She's like, let's get this paid off. Then you can make a case for getting off of probation. Because I think that's why the probation period was so long is it's like, well, you've got to pay it back. So if we can keep an eye on you, then we know where your money's going kind of thing, you know, whatever. So Mike would give Dahlia money. Like she, he would just hand her money to put away so that he could save up that 100,000 and then she would kick in the rest. And Dahlia was supposed to send it all when they got it, which he was under the impression they did have it, to his lawyers and start the process. She never sent it Mm. to the lawyers. And Mike lets this slide. Like he knows that the money's not getting paid and he also doesn't know where it is, according to Mike. Dahlia, and and eventually he actually ends up giving her, from what he says, $240,000 that she never sent to lawyers. So he's like forgiving her for just not, for taking this $240,000 from him and he doesn't even know where it is. Like he's not, I don't think he's the smartest. Hmm. uh, hmm. Brightest crayon on the box. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, Dahlia would say, so now Dahlia's side of that was that he was giving her the money to hide it from the feds so that he wouldn't want to, he wouldn't have to pay the restitution, which isn't out of the realm of possibilities with this guy. Clearly he's sketchy. Yep. I don't know either way which one's true, but that would be her side. And there is a – they do find a Cayman account in Dahlia's name with money in it. So that either it's because he did want her to hide it or she's hiding it from him, you know, would huh. be the two. So I don't know. Who knows what the truth is on that? We probably will never find out. Michael – Mike, Michael. I haven't called him Michael the whole time, but now I'm going to start. <laughs> Mike also starts recalling events that didn't add up to anything until this point. He said a few months earlier, the two had went to spend the night at the Ritz-Carlton and they were pulled over and police said they had gotten an anonymous tip that he was selling drugs from his car. So they search the car but find nothing. However, the next day, Mike is pumping gas and finds a bag of pills in the back of his car. 
And he's like, someone planted him there and that cops were supposed to find that, but they didn't somehow. So he's like, I bet you Dahlia put that in there and made the phone call and that she was trying to get him arrested. And so that part would get him out of her life because clearly he'd be violating parole and probation and whatever. Like, So that was her initial plan to get him out of her life. But when this doesn't work, she moves on to killing him. And apparently, I think that <laughs> happened more than one time. Like, he got pulled over for, like, a drug possession. But anyway. It's just crazy. He also recalls Dahlia bringing him an iced tea from Starbucks one day. And he took one sip of it, and it tasted like gasoline. So he spit most of it out. But he was sick for, like, two weeks after that one sip. <clears throat> so Muhammad tells the police that he remembers talking to Dahlia about trying to give him antifreeze <gasps> in his iced tea. Oh, so my gosh. That's probably what was in that. And thankfully, he, like, could taste it. And He's lucky. First, right? I know. He's like, man, I could have been dead already. Like, Yeah. She was I had really a dog cool. one time that died from drinking ant- antifreeze. Really? Yes. Just one quick lap. And they there was nothing they could do. And they oh were like, God. he'll either live or die. You just have to wait it out. And he died. Wow. Yeah. It's like Ooh. real dangerous. Ooh. I mean, I knew it was dangerous. I don't, I don't think I realized in just a small dose that it would be. Yeah. Well, he was a dog. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But clearly Mike was sick for two weeks after barely like swallowing. Yeah. You know, like so anyways. And then Muhammad also remembers Dahlia mentioning trying to set him up to be arrested for drugs. So like Muhammad's corroborating that. Yeah, you're right. This was all Dahlia. So Dahlia's arrested. She calls her mom from jail. This all on recording. She didn't do anything, blah, blah, blah. Who's her next call? <laughs> Any guesses? I don't know. Is it Muhammad? Mike. She calls freaking Mike. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> Honey. He answers. And he answered. And like people ask him, like, why did you take that call? And he was like, I had to. I had to see what she was gonna say. Like hundred percent. Yeah. I totally yeah. would have. Yeah. So she's still sticking to her story with this on this phone call that she had nothing to do with it. He needs to help her get out of there. He needs to get her a lawyer. Blah, 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 blah. And he was like, dude, just stop. Like, you need to cut it out. And you and he's at this point starts giving her advice on how to survive in jail because he's been there. <laughs> so he's like, "You need to stop acting the way you're acting and put your head down, and you'll be just fine." <laughs> it's so elbows funny. out at the table, Carl. <laughs> so funny and actually uh, sort of sweet because like he was like truly like he, he wasn't just being like sarcastic when he's saying this like he's really truly like here this is what you need to do to be okay (laughs) and he didn't have to tell her any of this he could have been like screw you hung up wow so let's move on to dahlia's trial now things get really interesting here as if they're not already that's new (laughs) her trial starts in april of 2011 during this trial, they clearly play all of the footage that they have. I mean, why wouldn't you? That's like their biggest evidence against her. They have Mike get on the stand to testify. The defense attorneys definitely bring up Mike's past, like, you know, because, you know, whatever. Like, you have to bring that up. And But they mention it so many times. Like, they're constantly like, did you do that while you were on probation? Did you, were you on probation when you did that? Were you, like, and kept saying it. And he, like, makes jokes about, like, are you a parrot? 
Like, <laughs> why do you keep saying that? We all know I'm on probation. We know it. Like, that's it. Yeah. Um, Everything that I'm doing at this time is on probation. Yeah. He's like, I'm not trying to hide anything that I've done. I've pled guilty to all the things. Like, I'm not trying to hide this from anyone. So anyways, whatever. So the prosecution also has transcripts from text conversations between Dahlia and another man. I can't remember this guy's name. It really doesn't matter. Seems to be an ex-boyfriend of his. He doesn't live in town. It might be the guy from California for all I know. I have no idea. One of the officers is reading the entire transcript. Like, literally. Everything that they had between them, they read. I don't know why, if it was just to prove that she was like being, you know, unfaithful for such a long time or whatever, or just to like the kind of character she is, but he reads the entire things. And some of them are like pretty steamy, like, I would like to blah, blah, blah to you, you know, and you could tell this like officers just like monotonely like reading these and like whatever. But anyways, he's uncomfortable. So she mentions to this other man that once Mike is gone, she'll have the money, the condo, and they can be together. All right. There's the motive. So I also haven't mentioned Dahlia's defense yet. <laughs> How does she have a defense when right. all of this like footage and recordings? The defense is arguing that the entire thing was an act. It was Mike's idea to make these tapes of her hiring someone to kill him as a way to audition for roles on a reality TV show. <laughs> like what? That's, that's clever. <laughs> she sticks by this forever. Like this is it. Anyway. Dahlia said she knew she was being taped the whole time, and it was all, all part of the plan that her, Mike, and Muhammad were all a part of. Mike and Muhammad, all like they deny this. Muhammad, what like was kind of an aspiring actor, like he has like a he had an agent and had like a website and stuff like that. But I, I don't know. I don't. I don't think that he was that. That <laughs> I do not think that this is the case at all. So it doesn't matter. They would make a YouTube video of the whole thing that would catch the attention of reality TV casting people. That was that was the idea. Did so she say which reality it. show she was going for here? No. So they did look at her like search history, and like not long before she had searched like casting for it up, like casting for reality TV shows. And so I don't know if it was just a general like if you do stuff like this and post it on YouTube and you get recognized, you know, maybe that's like where they get. But I don't know. I don't, I don't know. There was no specific okay one. It was just let's get noticed and maybe a reality TV show will pick us up. Mike laughs this off on the stand because he's like, I mean, this is what he basically said. He was like, I don't really know how many reality shows are going to take a guy on 28 years probation. Like, you know, like I mean, he, he's pretty like realistic about his situation from what I can tell. The craziest case ever. Right? Yeah. You can't, you can't make this stuff up either. Right. I mean, I mean, you could, I guess, but I, I don't even know how I would come up with this. I don't, I don't know. I would not. I'd be like, oh, people won't believe that. It's so stupid. <laughs> Stupid. It's like when I was younger. I can, wait, can I can I interject a small story here? Of course. When I was younger, I got caught with Zima in high school. And I was asked where I got it from. I totally made up a story that like kids in the neighborhood left it in the mailbox. And it wasn't the case. Like I had had it and like, yeah. But like you make up like a dumb story and people don't believe you, but it's like, okay. <laughs> but I was a teenager. 
<laughs> like you expect dumb stories out of teenagers, not right. 28-year-old women. Anyway. Okay. So Dahlia does not take the stand during this trial. The jury takes three hours to deliberate, and they find her guilty of solicitation to commit murder, and the judge sentences her to 20 years. They clearly immediately make an appeal. Three years later, in 2014, her appeal is granted, and they toss out the conviction and give her a new trial. Uh, Why? (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. I'm sorry. I did not look into that part. I just know that they gave it to her. So she's released and on house arrest at her mother's home in Boynton Beach during the time that she's waiting for her new trial. Her mom needs to watch her back. Well, her mom believes she didn't do anything, so... In 2015, they have a pretrial hearing, and the defense makes a motion to dismiss the charges altogether. Dahlia is still insisting that the three were in cahoots to get roles on reality TV. Dahlia takes the stand, and they start asking her questions about this supposed scheme. They want to know, well, where was the script then? Where's your script? of? And he, she was like, well, there was one, but I, clearly we're not going to bring it in the car, and I'm not going to read off of a script while we're recording. <laughs> oh so I didn't take it with me. And then they also want to know if it was an audition, why she could not be seen in the video with Muhammad. Like, because I told you, all you could see was the back of his seat and maybe the back of his head. You would think her, you, she would want her face to be seen. Plus, the police are saying they put these cameras in. <laughs> she is out of her mind. She is out of her mind. Her response to that was she didn't know because she wasn't the person filming. She wasn't in charge of that. So she, she can't answer that question. <laughs> you'll, you'll have to call my people. Right, call my people. Her, the entire defense is just insane. So let's say this is an elaborate plan to get on a reality TV show. Here's my first question. Why the hell was that not the first thing you said in that room with the police? Uh-huh. uh-huh. Mike's not dead. He's not dead. He's somewhere. Because yeah. this was a plan. We planned it together. Like, sorry. Uh, you know, because I'd be like, oh, my gosh, they, they're bringing me to the station. Like, this is getting for real now. This is not just like, oh, we're making a stupid video this is for real. The police yeah. think he's dead. Don't worry. Psych. <laughs> you should be like, this was a joke <laughs> right off the bat. That should be the first thing you're saying. And it was not. She did not say that. <sighs> okay. And also, she clearly looked like she thought he was actually dead in all these videos. Well, she was acting. Right. I guess. I don't know. Like, she knew cops was going to be there filming? No, no that, that was a really special twist, I would imagine. Right? So, anyway, whatever. Mike should also, like I said, be alive. She should. They should never have found a body. And they told her that he was found in the bedroom. So, she should have been like, what the hell? Anyway. So, whatever. It's an insane defense. And it makes zero sense to me. And clearly it makes zero sense to the judge, too, because the motion to dismiss all the charges was denied. Good. She gets she a new trial. Such a liar. I know. In 2000, I mean, yes, December of 2016, her second trial begins. Prosecution repli- relied basically on the videos. They were like, we we don't need. We can keep this simple. We don't need Mike. Let's just show the videos and call it a day. Like, we don't need to waste our time on this. So... <clears throat> For this trial, Dahlia had hired new lawyers, and they were prominent lawyers known to be pretty good. I did not recognize their names, so, I mean, I'm sure they were prominent for that area, but whatever. Their defense did not even mention, this time, the reality TV scheme, because they were probably like, that's dumb, dude. Yeah. (laughs) And it didn't work the first time. (laughs) Yeah, so let's not do it again. So they focused on the misconduct of the Boynton Beach Police Department and Cops, a TV show. They said that they manufactured all of it to make good TV. 
clearly it was not the case. Boynton Beach felt like went by the book. They did what they were supposed to do. Like their representatives from Boynton Beach were saying like, yes, cops was there, but we went along and did exactly what we would have done regardless of whether they were there. Like, so anyway. Yeah, I mean, that's coincidental though. That yeah. this crazy sting operation happened at the same time as the cops show. Right. There. Yeah, exactly. That's what they're saying. Like we did everything by the book. This is how we would have done it even if they weren't filming right. us. So like, yes, did it clearly make it way more interesting for a cop show? Yes. <laughs> but we would have done it this way. So the lawyers also at the end of closing arguments drop the bomb to the jury that if they don't find her not guilty, they will be taking her away from her newborn son. Wait, what? She has a baby? <laughs> There's a baby now? Is this was not necessary? What's going on? So apparently... An appliance repairman came to the home one day, and they struck up a relationship, fell in love, and she got pregnant and had a baby, all while under house arrest, because she never could leave the house. (laughs) Oh, my refrigerator man, you have no idea what you're doing. (laughs) You you are getting involved with the wrong lady. Okay, so this trial ends in a mistrial because the jury's deadlocked. (laughs) I can't believe it. I know. I know. I know. Okay. So in June of 2017, her third trial begins. This time, I do not have details. I don't care about the details. The jury comes back within 90 minutes to deliberate, and they find her guilty of conspiracy to commit murder, and she's sentenced to 16 years. She's scheduled to be released August 10th, 2031, and she will be 49 years old. (laughs) But her lawyers have not stopped. Because they took this to the Florida Supreme Court, but they denied hearing the case in 2019, September 2019. And in February of 2020, the U.S. Supreme Court declined to hear the case as well. So they had exhausted all their appeals, from what I understood, except they are convinced that they have one last thing to try. And they are appealing to a federal judge claiming constitutional violations now. Hmm. I don't know what what constitutional rights were violated during this, but... Not seen anything about that so far that that's the case of Mike and Dahlia. <laughs> <laughs> no one's dead. <laughs> Never oh, well, except, have I ever. <laughs> except Mohammed. He he apparently died in October of 2021. He was found dead in his apartment. And there is nothing. I cannot find any recent articles. The only article I can find was like when he was found that there was pending autopsy reports. Oh, so uh, anyway, but not unrelated, case, clearly. Right. Okay. Unrelated as far as we can tell. But oh. girl, what? Mez. What a ride. <laughs> I feel like you probably had the best time ever researching this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I feel like the Boynton Police Department deserves an Academy Award. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I don't even know what to say. I am so here for it. And I got to go now because I have to watch the cops show. (laughs) (laughs) I've never heard of this. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I haven't even actually watched the cops show because I watched a 2020 and most of their footage is like on from there is on that 2020. So I actually haven't gone to watch the cop show. I probably should try, but I figured it was going to be hard to find. But I have to say, I feel like this is one of our Patreon cases because we always do these like crazy, like 
twisty, funnish kind of cases on our Patreon. And this has that feel. Right. Yeah. And I definitely would have been had it been one that I like came across on my own. Yeah. Yeah. Dahlia. (laughs) Dahlia. She's something, huh? She is. I wonder if the uh, refrigerator repair guy is going to stick by her side for 16 years. I feel as though he will not. <laughs> but yeah. I don't know for sure. I can't, I can't be sure, but I want to say her mom has her son, but I don't know that oh. for sure. I just feel like I remember reading that somewhere along the line. But I wonder what Mike's doing now. So I did see a Where's Mike Now video and he is engaged. He was dating somebody new and is engaged. I mean, this was probably like maybe 2019. 2020 that I the video was I can't, I can't remember exactly but yeah he I guess is doing well and he is apparently continuing to pay his restitution but it's probably only like five or ten dollars a month so yeah quite literally dodged a bullet uh-huh. <laughs> <Two of> them. <laughs> on live <laughs> on live television for real unreal yeah good job thanks thanks Thank you, Mez. That was yeah. awesome. <laughs> so great. That was a crazy ride. I I don't even know what to say. What do you guys have to say? Tell us what you thought. I loved it. I'm so glad everyone's alive. We never get to say that. We never get to leave and not be like, well, that was awful. I mean, it was awful in the greatest way possible. <laughs> like, <laughs> Exactly. (laughs) This is why we do this, guys, is for little Easter eggs like that. So let us know what you think. Come find us on all the things if you like what you hear. And if you like this vibe, this is our Patreon vibe. So you can come and do that by clicking the link in our bio. We appreciate you. We love you. We'll be back next week for another case. And always remember, the world is scary. People suck. Hide in your closet.